What is happening, everybody? And welcome to another edition of Being Brown. We have an awesome two-parter coming up with image and confidence coach, Nehal Mehra. In this first part, Nehal, Hina, and myself spoke about Nehal's journey, which stemmed from her diagnosis with thyroid cancer, who she fundamentally is, who she's become, and what has driven her to want to become an image and confidence coach. As South Asians, we know that image is a huge factor within our communities as it all boils down to others' perception of us. Fun disclaimer, we don't care what they think, but we do want to change the negative impact that these unnecessary judgments cause. Here's the first part of this awesome conversation. Thank you everybody for joining us. Today we have with us Nehal Mehra, who is a image and confidence coach, and she's been so gracious gracious of <laughs> her time and she's given us some time with her to talk today about her experience her journey uh, and just i guess how she's gotten to the point where she is today it's it's an honor really uh, and I, I, I try not to throw that term lightly you know because mm -hmm. uh, it's so easy to just use that term so so easily these days but it is an honor to have have her with us today i'm Karan. I'm Hina. And we have with us... Nehal. <laughs> <laughs> so Nehal, uh, thank you again for joining us. Why don't you kind of go into a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and um, we'll get into kind of your journeys. But yeah, just to, to, to start off, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It truly is an honor for myself to be on your podcast today. And again, not to throw it out around lightly, I know how no. much you know, everybody works towards a creative project and to allow me to come on here and to share my journey and experiences. It truly is, um, you know, uh, an, an honor to be you guys and we've had a chance to connect and you guys are both really awesome. So um, I am just, <laughs> I'm just really excited to be here. But um, like that I mentioned, hi, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Nehal Mara. I am an image and confidence coach a little bit about what I do. Um, so I do help women with their external beauty in terms of being um, a stylist, but I'm more than just a stylist um, and helping you put together an image that you feel really good and confident in. My, um, But my signature style is really to integrate both pillars of style and self-development. I've had, you know, a very tumultuous and up and down journey. And of course, we're going to get into it a little bit, but um, beauty for me really was... It really started um, later on in my life. I really started to feel beautiful very, very later on in my life. Um, later on, I'm sounding like I'm like aging myself, but <laughs> um, in, in like my mid to late 20s. And I realized how sad, you know, that was that until I was like 28, 29 years old, I didn't I didn't feel beautiful. But from the yeah. outside looking in, I always used to be this girl who was always dressed to the nines, always had her makeup and hair done. But internally, I just felt like crap. You know, I felt so down on myself, just really lost. And I decided that I wanted to change that for myself. And I wanted to create a larger impact. And I wanted to help other women feel beautiful from the inside out. So um, I truly um, and wholeheartedly believe that your external appearance does have um, a hand or does play a hand in how you feel internally. I always, always, always say that your clothes have an emotional trigger. And I realized, why not combine both my passion and my purpose and bundle it together and start helping other women so they can really tap into the fullest potential that they have. So 
Um, that's a little bit about what I do, but would love to discuss a little bit more. And of course, you guys have questions, so we'll get into it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much for that introduction. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of things that not only myself, but Karen will um, share and kind of uh, this whole kind of conversation will be around, mm. um, you know, the the journeys that we've been on yeah. ourselves around, you know, external beauty, internal <laughs> beauty, clothing. I know Karen's been through, you know, some yes. fa- several fa- <laughs> phases of dressing a particular way, which I've loved being able to witness um, through photographs and stuff. So, yeah, let's kind of um, kind of go into it a little bit more. So in terms of your journey, um, how how did you come about becoming a image and confidence coach I know you've talked about kind of that that journey in your late 20s was there anything was there a catalyst to that um journey and if so Mm -hmm. what was it and you know can you tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. that for sure so um I guess I should have you know said this a little bit in my intro but I I am a huge body positive advocate and the reason being is because I've always felt very insecure about my own body and I think many many I would say all women in the South Asian community and all women just worldwide, we feel so down on ourselves um, in terms of just not feeling good about how we look. There's always something that we find that's wrong with us, right? Whether that be our legs, our hair, our collarbone, like whatever it is, like we find an issue that we don't like, right? And, And that's been ingrained in us from a very, very young age. So I was born, you know, an average kid, and I and I talk about this all the time, but I was born an average kid. And I think it was just that, that sense of comparison started at a very, very young age, right? Because mm. my cousins who I was around, they were super, super, super thin and frail and always falling sick. And the, they, they would fall and break a bone. And, you know, everybody would kind of run to them. And I was that child who was very independent. My mom says since I was like 10 months old, she's like, I, she could like take mm-hmm. me to a wedding and just kind of like, you know, give me a plate of food and I'd be okay to eat it by myself. Right. Like just things like that, that I was just a very independent kid from a very, very young age. But that sense of comparison um, between me and like, you know, other um, female kids in my life and just like comments and taunting from family members really gave me a complex from like the age of five. I remember like yeah. wanting to like weigh myself. Um, and this is like such a funny story, but I remember I, you know, we, we, we didn't have weighing machines cause I was born in India. We didn't have weighing machines and stuff mm-hmm. back home, but we, my parents moved to Canada. We were staying with a family friend or no, sorry, their, their family. And, and I saw a weighing machine. I was like, Oh my God, I have to weigh myself. I was eight years old. I was eight years old and I was wow. obsessed wow. with weighing myself. And I remember like seeing whatever number it was. And like in that time, I'm thinking that this is kilos. And I was like, oh my God, you're so huge. But didn't realize it was pounds. But, you know, just like <laughs> that fear in my mind was just like yeah. at eight years old that I was obsessed with how much I weighed. Mm. Of course, you know, your body starts to change. You hit puberty, you get into your teenage years and just dealing with so much at that point um Mm. and just constantly on a diet constantly running on a treadmill um you know that was my life's goal I had to be 100 pounds that's it that that was didn't matter 
that I was a smart girl, straight A student, and I had so much more to offer, but it was just like, mm. I got a, you know, a hundred pounds was a certain thing, but then 120 became like the magic number, you know, like when you become mm. like 15, 16 years old, 120 is like the number that every girl needs to be. And wow. yeah. Um, again, just, just dealt with that. But I think my, my catalyst in, in, in your terms, which I love that, um, I think the, the trigger or the catalyst for me was really when I was in my mid twenties and I fell into a really deep depression where I was suicidal and just not happy in my life. Very, very, very Mm -hmm. unhappy. And I realized that I hated everything about myself. And mm. I just was having the hardest time accepting my life, right? Accepting my body, accepting just who I was as an individual. And of course, you know, I, I had also gone through a few like health issues in my early 20s. Um, and very quickly, I feel like I'm like talking forever, but um, no, no. no, take your time, please. <laughs> um, you know, when I was 21, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer where I had you know, I was stage three cancer, took out my thyroid gland, which monitors basically everything in your body. And along with your mental health to a certain, you know, to not a certain extent, it it very much impacts your mental health, your, your weight, your metabolism, your, you know, the arthritis and, and fibromyalgia, Mm. like there's so many different things that come with this. And I realized that I was just constantly just, just trying to keep up. It was like, I, I I was starving myself, doing the 1200 calorie diet, doing everything. And it was just, it, 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 I was running on no fuel. I was just mm-hmm. so, I, I was fed up with life. There was no, there was no beauty in life anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I hated everything about myself. And, and, and I had this huge, you know, my weight would go up, uh, up and down all the time because of my health. And I was also mentally not in a good place. And when I started to work on myself internally just to heal whatever trauma I had had and just, you know, going through a self-development journey, I realized that a big part of that also stemmed from me not being happy with my body. And mm-hmm. I started to 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 work on that a lot because it was always something that like bugged me. It was just like, so what? I'm not a size two. I'm a size eight. Like, mm. I still look good, you know? And I think a lot of girls mm. deal with that where we're always like pushed to the side, right? Mm. And I never viewed myself as that. So, of course, there was insecurities, right? It could be like double edge. Of course, there was insecurities about my body, but everyone would kind of tell me to settle. And I was like, no, I don't want to. But then until... Mm when I reached that point where I was just so fed up and just not in a good mindset, I was like, I have to like fix this. You know, I can't go down this road over and over again. And of course, you know, um, lean, you, we, we lean on our passion when we're trying to heal through something, right? We, we, um, the best, one of the things I read was, um, pain produces the most beautiful art, and mm. it really, truly does. And I started to, to, to go down that road. I started to write a lot. And I just started like creating um, content on Instagram. It was just so random. I had, I mean, I had always thought about it, that I wanted to be like a beauty blogger and I wanted to be a fashion blogger. But <laughs> it just didn't feel like something was clicking for me. And while mm. I was going through this whole process of fixing myself or healing myself, 
I, I came to this point where I was like, so many people, so many other women are feeling like this. So many other people are feeling like this. And if I can, I really do think like, I don't think cancer was my second life, but I really do think my depression was like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I was like given a second life because that was the most scariest thing that I've gone through. And I was like, there's a reason why I'm still here. There's a reason why I decided not to take my own life or, you know, God or the universe, whatever your belief is, decided that, no, you have to put yourself in a situation that you're going to empower others and impact them and, and help them. So um, it took a lot of work. I was just like, you know, how do I how do I help people? And I, and I, and I came to this solution. So long winded, but that's how I got here. No, that's amazing. I um, so many so much to unpack there i feel like there's just um whilst whilst you're talking obviously i was listening but i'm I'm just kind of looking at like the notes and stuff and i'm like this is this this is why you know a conversation is is it can be so much more fruitful with stuff like this because everything you've just said there's there was parts of that where um i don't speak for you you know but like uh, you know there, there's parts of that that obviously i'm sure you could resonate with oh without a doubt yeah I, that, I, and that's exactly the word i was thinking yeah resonate. and i think that sorry to cut you no, off no, no. But i'm just gonna get this thought out yeah. there so many of our listeners uh, are going to resonate with mm. at least one thing you've said yeah, yeah. in in that introduction of yourself and your and your journey so mm. i'm sure garen's gonna say the same but that that in itself is so powerful yeah. that we're sharing and we're opening up this topic yeah. in in a forum that allows other people to go yeah i i get that i know what that feels like um but continue sorry yeah yeah and, and even and i remember asking you this question Nehala, is um because I, I initially when we kind of connected i i was like i don't know if i almost <laughs> feel like i deserve to be in this conversation you know because you're so mm -hmm. because of everything you know, that you do and and i guess your your primary target audience i'm thinking to myself oh, as, a, as a guy do i belong in this conversation and then you know you you so very nicely said that you wanted to hear the, the perspective that I have, which, you know, in this day and age is, is, isn't something that, that my kind do, <laughs> you know, for, for women. Uh, and it's so refreshing to hear that, um, that openness and willingness to, to want to hear this, my side, but really, I guess what I wanted to say was everything that you were saying, you know, especially when it came to the creative side of things, because I, myself, I'm a creative. And when you started talking about pain creates some of the greatest art, I a hundred percent and fully agree with you because mm. I've, I have definitely found that when I'm in my deepest and darkest moments, I've, I've certainly found that I, uh, create some of the best, best stuff. And yeah, no, um, so, so much so much to go from there but yeah no um i don't know i i, I point. Yeah, well i just want to say i think the, the pain creates beautiful work i think it's because it's authentic it creates something mm -hmm. that is so truly and raw tr truly you and raw and that's what people mm -hmm. connect with it's the rawness of creating content that isn't polished it isn't like for the likes it's not for mm -hmm. the attention it's this is who i am and this is what i'm going through and people need that unfiltered perspective from someone else 100%. so that they can connect with them how mm -hmm. you know i think you 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 connect with people when you're sharing your vulnerabilities mm. right that those deepest relationships are created in in confidence of oh, well i feel like this today and somebody will share another uh, you know how they're feeling mm. so mm -hmm. if we're doing it you know through trying to use social media or whatever platform you're using to create those connections surely it's it's by mm. being raw and true to yourself mm. and authentic um and i think 
mm-hmm. only when we're in our most challenging phases do we get to that point where we're like forget it I don't you, you don't really overthink it I think you just put it out there yeah. and, and that's it it's out there um and like you said right. that, that creates this 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 beautiful work mm. so yeah I, I completely agree with that too I I'm not a creative but I feel like um I'm one of those people that connects with people who are just being themselves and being true to well this is the ugly and this is what's happening and you and you think wow yeah I go through that too so you don't feel like an alien you don't mm. feel like oh I'm the only one who who experiences mm. this if someone who you right um idolize or someone you look up to or even just another human being says oh I woke up not feeling great today that in itself can be so powerful yeah so yeah I completely agree I think that was one of the things just really really quickly wanted to throw in there that was one of my biggest goals when I was creating my page right so when you get into the the social media world and start building a brand one of the things that they always talk about is you have to have a cohesive feed and you know um (laughs) Just, just really have it all together. And of course, I, I completely agree with that because um, we are building businesses here. We are building brands. But I hated how everything was so curated. I hated that. I hated that there wasn't enough um, authentic- authenticity out there um, and there was not enough like raw content out there. I think now it's become a little bit trendy um, to, to mm-hmm. be raw, to be authentic. But when I was really starting out, I felt that there was none of that there. I felt like there was no one who was, I was connecting with really. There was no one that I could be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is, this is, this is what I feel like. Everything felt like everyone just kind of had it together. And I felt like this, you know, just mm-hmm. even offline as well, right? Like applying for jobs, um, you know, going shopping, having a family life, having friends, every, everything felt like, Everyone just had it together, but me. And now mm-hmm. I make it a point, like if I'm if I'm on a podcast or if I'm like you know part of a clubhouse or whatever it is, I make it a point to say I'm a very unrefined person. Like I like nice <laughs> things. Like don't get me wrong, I I know my I know my shit, but I'm I'm very unrefined, and I want to like normalize that to a certain extent. I I, I want to stop making people feel that they always have to be really buttoned up and. And, mm. and, you know, fighting for for a, a particular status or a particular image. Um, and, 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 I, and I say that just so people can be like, yeah, you know, it, it's, it is like that. It is, it is very, it, it's tiring to constantly be on, right? And, and, and <laughs> like, it's so exhausting. And it's just, yes, we can just create content and, and connect with people. It doesn't have to be that it has to be the most beautiful outfit all the time, Mm. even though like that's something that I do, you know, and I preach that you do have to, you know, uh, put yourself together in a certain way. So you feel good. Right. But I feel like everything was just Mm -hmm. becoming such a, it it was just, it was just exhausting. Like it was just so much. And, and I never, I never connected with anybody. I felt like I always had to find the most Instagrammable wall or, you know, I had to have the most like perfect decor in my house to, to be able to, to put that out there. And it was just, it's, it's just, it makes people feel really bad. And we already compare ourselves as humans. And it's just like, no, like, you know, I, I live in a, in a, in a small New York city apartment and I, I, I don't have all the lavish, you know, lavish things that, that everybody else does. And it just was, I wanted to start like, creating that as a thing, you know? So the, the rawness is something that I, I promised myself that I would have. I think that's, um, it, 
there's again a lot to unpack there. Just, <laughs> let us let us catch up first. Um, no, no, um, I f- fully agree. I think the 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 authenticity, and I know that term is thrown around so much these days. The authenticity about of just being yourself is is such a huge thing. And it, you know, in, I make I make periodic YouTube videos, and and that's something that I I kind of try to pride myself on. I don't you know I don't care how I look, I don't care what I wear. I just I just want to make videos that people can resonate with, um, specifically around mental health. Um, like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be who you are. It's there's there's nothing wrong with that. But equally, and me and Hina have, have conversations about this all the time. It if you want to dress up and you want to put makeup on to f- make yourself feel confident, then fuck you should do that. You know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Uh, because it's it's not about everybody else it's about how you feel mm. and that in our communities in the south asian community specifically it's is is something that isn't discussed and it's it you know the the idea of dressing a certain way based on what other people are thinking is there's just a huge emphasis in yeah. that. And I know you've had some of experience <laughs> Well, first of all, use the F-bomb. So my goodness, you feel passionate about this. This is kind of throwing around. Uh... Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, That's the authenticity yeah, like, that we're talking about. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, this topic can... Uh, much like lots of the topics we, we've already talked about... Um, I've lost my, what were we talking about? That, first of all, That's social funny. media being polished is one of the reasons why I came off social media uh, a couple of times because yeah. it became overwhelming. I was like, okay, I'm going to follow people that were bo- body positive and, you know, they're going to help me feel better about myself. You know, p- posting content that was um, supposed to be or at least alluding to the fact that, you know, it's not about being polished. And then you'd see uh, an advert for diet pills <laughs> on on this person who's promoting body positivity and I just thought this is crazy I need to come off social media and then also seeing you know these curated photos um from friends and family and you know everything is so intentionally put in particular places and photos taken so that it makes it look like they have this amazing life and then I I you know we in introvertly I'm like what I, I can't live up to this. And so, yeah, the, you know, social media, right. I have a very complex relationship with it because I believe that it can bring great con- connections like we have done through being brown, but also it it can be so dangerous. And I, I know that we'll probably unpack this later on. But moving on to the topic that Karen was talking about in regards to the South Asian community and dressing a particular way or not dressing a particular way. Um, yeah, without a doubt, there's... there's the. I've always felt it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. And, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. if you dress to feel confident, it can be perceived as you're too, you're arrogant or you're a bit of a a show off and, you know, you're wearing makeup on, you know, say a weekend or oh, why, where are you going? There's no fashion show around here. And then it, you know, there's so much judgment, I think, externally. And I don't think this is specific just to the South Asian community, but I can only talk about my lived experience. Um and then on the contrary, if you don't make effort and you want to just be in your um, sweats and, you know, have your hair tied in a bun, then it's like, well, why are you not making any effort? Why, you know, of course you're going to feel lousy if you don't make any effort. But you, you, I feel like there's this, this constant battle 
Um, and there's always mm-hmm. something somebody has to say about what you wear um, and, you know, how how you present yourself. I'm always telling you, you look beautiful. Like, even when you, like, I, I, I'm i not just saying this, obviously, just because we're recording, but I always tell you, like, if she's in her pajamas and she's got no makeup on and her hair's whatever, like, greasy or whatever, Thanks. she hasn't washed it in days, I'm like, you are so beautiful right now. Like, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that. You and really I, are. Thank you. And thank you. You have the most beautiful face, Hina. Like, when we met, um, and I think, like, you were just, you know, I think it was just everyone was, um, what's it called? Just, just, uh, you know, it was like a Wednesday night or something. And you look, I was like, damn, this girl is beautiful. Like, so (laughs) natural. Like, she just, you know, rolled onto the camera for a Zoom call and she just looks flawless, like naturally stunning. Well, thank you. I, it, much like a lot of people, I, ha- I find it hard to accept compliments, but I'm trying. So thank you for the wonderful compliments. It means a lot to me. Um, but yes, and this is something that I'm sure we could talk about this in a second. Uh, Gurren will tell me I look beautiful and I uh, try really hard to accept it. And I'm like, thank you. But I often don't believe yeah. it. You know, he'll tell me I look beautiful mm-hmm. and I'll go, thank you. And I'll, you know, hold his hand and, you know, show that affection to say thank you for, for complimenting me. And I understand the the right. what you're trying to do. But in my heart of heart, and I often do tell Karen, like, thank you for saying that, but I, I don't believe it right now. So, you know, it, it, your, your right. Karen is trying to change the way I, I actively feel about myself um, by giving mm-hmm. me that, you know, that reminding me i guess not so much change um, i guess that's not really no like, that's not the right word i i did think when i said it, help I like, you help you see yeah like, i guess yeah. yeah um but this is yeah. this is a journey that that i'm on trying to help myself believe it but right. more often than not i don't and you know i'm sure you've right you've got something to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in regards I mean, to maybe some of the people you no, work with sure. it's just I, I was just gonna say that this is exactly the reason why i do what i want to do right or, or what mm-hmm. i do um Sorry, I feel like I that got caught into a tongue twister. This is the reason why I do what I do um, yeah. and what I want to continue to do with so many other women, right? At a larger scale, I want to impact masses because what happens is, and that's why I mentioned, you know, what I was saying a little bit earlier that I can be dressed to the nines, wearing all the makeup, but internally I don't feel that way, right? Mm. And um, I think that that pivotal point for me came when I was super, super depressed, right? When I was actually clinically diagnosed as, as with a major depressive disorder. Um, and that's exactly what it was. I was working for, you know, in New York City, I was working for a beauty uh, client and I was living that life. From the outside, it was just so much that, you know, Nehal has it together. She's she's working in Manhattan. She she has it. But that was the darkest time of my life. I wanted to kill m- my, myself. I wanted to end my life, you know? And that's mm. what it is. That's why I wanted to like to to do what I do is just oh, so many people, right? And so many women especially. And actually, I'm going to I'm going to start correcting myself. It's men and women. And I want to go back to cut in what you said about why I wanted us all three to have this conversation is we we find it hard to believe that we can be a beautiful person. And, mm. you know, it's so intertwined because it's like, if I do say that, yes, I'm beautiful, I'm arrogant, I'm cocky, I'm mm. all these things, right? But why can't it just be that, yeah, like, I think I'm beautiful, right? Like, why can't it just be that 
I feel good about myself. I feel good in my mm. skin. I feel good about the human being that I am. I, I I can see why, you know, people think that it might come across superficial and 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 cocky and all those things, but it's just because, you know, when you're leading with only that, then I then I get it because, you mm. know, then it's like, well, well, do you have depth? So that's a very different conversation. But what mm-hmm. is wrong with a girl saying that she feels beautiful, right? What is wrong with a girl saying or a man saying or a boy saying that I feel good in what I'm wearing? I feel like I'm I, I, I feel empowered. You know, mm-hmm. I can I and I and it's again, it's just so like connected and why I do you know why I'm so passionate about this because. It took me a really long time to do the things I love to do in life because I was so ashamed of my body, in truthfully mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. If you talk to a lot of women, they're like, oh, we'll do something when we've lost the 20 pounds. We're, yeah. we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll get to a certain place when we can be a size four or size two. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll start looking for a, a husband or a life partner when I you know, again, have lost the 20 pounds or whatever it is. And it's just, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because it's like, we are always waiting to live that life. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why the idea of acceptance and, and, and just feeling good in who we are in this moment right now is so important. So Mm -hmm. you can have that life, right. You can build that dream that you have always thought about. Mm. Um, but kind of just quickly going back, cause I also just lost my train of thought. Um, I wanted <laughs> to talk about, you know, men and women and why I feel it's, it's important that we start talking about this because especially in the South Asian community, we just, we, we, everything is about the man, right? It's such a patriarchal society mm. and it, it, that idea of toxic masculinity is so prevalent where, you cannot talk about your emotions. You can't talk about how you're feeling. And I've had men, you know, message me or or just connect with the content that I create saying that, you know, we feel this too. We know that you're really creating this for women, but we feel this all the time. We mm-hmm. feel like that I, I, I'm just not good enough. Mm-hmm. And if you look at stats, mental health and suicide rates and all these things – are so high in the South Asian community, one, and um, suicide rates are the highest amongst men. It's because yeah. we have created this, this environment where it's so hard for any of us to talk about, right? Like just open up and talk about the things that we, we that, are, that are troubling us, we're struggling with, and we just don't want to let it out. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, it, it's important to start having both perspectives, right? To start having both male and female perspectives because that's how we build understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of like what you were saying, like, you know, there's so much judgment. There's a lot of judgment out there because all we do is we judge ourselves and we inflict mm-hmm. that pain onto others. We don't know anything else in the South Asian community. We only mm-hmm. know judgment, right? So it's, it's, it's great that, you know, our generation with people like you and I, We've started on this journey where we've started to really unpack and really unlearn a lot of the things that we've been taught from a very, very young age. And now we're going to be the catalyst for change in our community, right? We're going to be the ones saying that, why am I judging someone, right? Where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. And that re- reminds me really quickly. Um, I, I did a, um, you know, I was part of a summit um, for this year and we did a pre-recording and the organizer asked me a question um, she's like, what is one thing that you will recommend 
to, you know, to, to, to women, it's, it's, it's geared towards women for them to start feeling good about themselves. What's something like a tactical thing that you can say? And I said to that, and I said to that, I was like, start complimenting other people. And it's such a small thing, but just if you start becoming aware, how many times do we compliment one another? Mm. Because there's that sense of jealousy or comparison or, you know, feeling inadequate within that it's like, why do we need to compliment her or him? And when you start identifying those situations where you're holding yourself back from complimenting someone else, that's you know, a moment, an opportunity for you to grow. That's a moment for you to understand why, why can't I compliment another woman that Mm. she's beautiful, that she's succeeding. Mm. And you'll notice that a lot in the South Asian community where it's the keeping up with the Joneses, constantly comparing and, and, and not wanting to uplift one another. And of course that was, you know, more, um, you know, in the older generations, but a lot of it is seeping through in our generations too. And that was one thing, and I'll say it again, right? If you catch yourself being reluctant or hesitating in bigging someone up, Mm. really look within. Why are you doing that? There's something that you need to work on within. If you have a problem calling another woman beautiful, it's because you are not feeling beautiful yourself and you cannot see the beauty in someone else. Mm. Mm. So true. (laughs) And and on that note, I think I read probably an inspirational quote on on Instagram at some point while I was scrolling through that, you know, if you compliment someone or if you're giving, leaving, you know, giving someone a positive comment doesn't mean it's not, there's, it doesn't ever run out. There's no, there's an endless supply. So by saying to somebody, you look beautiful today, it doesn't mean that you're less beautiful. Mm. It's, it's, it's that showing the, the recognition, right? So, and it, and that hit me, I think, and and that's probably because I used and I still, to some extent, feel like if I say to somebody, "Oh, you look really nice," and I've definitely become much better with it, and saying to someone, "You look really nice," or "You look beautiful." Um, mm-hmm. At, at points, I definitely felt when I at my most insecure, I felt like, well, then if they look that good, then I must feel, I, I don't look good. You know, it, it's that internal comparison that happens straight away. So I can resonate with that straight away that I can recognize that within myself. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and and at the same time, it's also it's it's that um, kind of validating that if somebody puts makeup on and they look really good, then you know, they, I, I guess I'm cautious now. It's like, if somebody's put made a, a real effort to look good, then I, I almost feel like I'm treading on eggshells and like, okay, well, you look really nice, but that's not to say you don't look nice when you don't have the, the makeup and, you know, you're, you're, you're dressed in regular or casual mm-hmm. clothes or re- relaxed clothes. So I think the more we become, um, aware of body image and positivity I think also there's a flipped edge on that as well it's like well then you only you know it's 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 not only commenting on on people when they look great I think that it's giving that positive um compliment at any time you know just not associate it with one particular thing and I think that's something I I Mm. find myself kind of toying with and 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 that may be because I think too much about (laughs) um a a situation beforehand um and and I would say what helped me become more um giving with my compliments believe it or not it's my nephew um he will if you you know if you're wearing something that he likes he will happily say oh 
uh, Hinsfoy, which is my nickname, and Foy is aunt for in Gujarati. Oh, Hinsfoy, you look nice today. Mm-hmm. And he says it so Aww. without, you know, it's it's it just nobody spurs him on. There's no kind of oh, you know, tell Hinsfoy mm-hmm. she looks. He just he look at you and go, oh, Hinsfoy, you look nice today. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're just the sweetest. Like he he says it without any agenda. There's no insecurity from him. I, I hope, um, and it's just free flowing in it. It it's said with love, um, and often it comes uh, that I it makes me give him a big hug and I give him lots of love as a result of that. But you <laughs> yeah. know, he he is so giving with his compliments and um, positive kind of comments. It, it it makes me realize, well, that. Somewhere along the line, we potentially were like that and have lost that. We were able to give that, exactly. un, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unfiltered, Not agenda. Uh, uh, just this, this unconditional, you know, being, yes, unconditional unconditional yes, exactly that, that, that yeah. unconditional love to somebody in one way or another Mm -hmm. and not feel like without judgment without expectation without any ulterior agenda or motive right where did we lose that and how has that happened how has society Mm -hmm. stripped us of Mm -hmm. that um and that Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i've definitely thought about that was part one join us next week to hear the second part of this incredibly insightful conversation we had with neha Thank you all for listening to Being Brown. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Being Brown Podcast and on Facebook at Being Brown. You can find references to anything we've discussed in the description of the episode. And you can also listen to the previous episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.